name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Feast Day. Christ has ascended from earth to heaven. You want to try that? Christ has ascended from earth to heaven. In this gospel lesson, Jesus appeared, one of a number of appearances to the disciples after he had risen from the dead. They were afraid. They thought he was a ghost. Why are you troubled? Why do these thoughts arise in your hearts, he says? Come and touch me. Feel me. See the hands, nail marks in, in my hands and my feet. And to further convince them, he said, give me something to eat. And they gave him a, a fish and a honeycomb. I think the fish is somehow an identification of an, another identification and assurance that he was the Christ, the son of the living God. I mean, even today, we know the sign of the fish is the sign of Jesus Christ, right? And there, there are a number of stories about uh, the fish, and I believe that this is one of them. I'm going to eat the fish because I am the fish, so to speak. <laughs> I am the Lord Jesus Christ. I can remember back a number of years ago, and you've probably heard me share this story before, but I'd like to share it again because it's fun to tell. There was a lady, she was in our church in Nashville. This was in the early days, the days of the Evangelical Orthodox Church. And she said, announced that she was leaving and because we were teaching heresy. What, what heresy are we teaching? She says, you're teaching the ubiquity of Christ. And Father Richard thought, wow, the ubiquity of Christ. That, that almost sounds like a heresy. What is it? I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what I'm being accused of. And so he went and he looked it up. And, and he said, he, he looked at it. And when he read it and thoroughly studied it, he goes, well, yes. We believe the, in the ubiquity of Christ. I accept the accusation. And so what is the ubiquity of Christ? Everywhere present. That the Lord is everywhere present in both his natures. God is everywhere present in his divine nature and in his ascension he is everywhere present with us in his humanity forever. The hymns even allude to this. The, uh, the Kentuckian, when you had fulfilled the dispensation, you united earth to heaven, you ascended in glory, and not being parted from those who love you, but remaining with them and crying, I am with you and no one will be against you. Not parted. In what sense? I am with you in what sense? In 
both natures. If this is not true, then what are we partaking of when we partake of the bread and the wine? We have to believe this if we believe that the bread and wine is the body and blood of the Lord. He is with us forever as fully God and fully man. And I believe that this is part of the reason why just before he ascended said, come and feel me and touch me and give me something to eat. Watch me chew it and watch me swallow it. I'm flesh and bones forever. And then they went out and saw him go up into heaven as a man to sit at the right hand of the Father as both God and man. And then he said to them, these are the words that I spoke to you, that all things must be filled, fulfilled, in which were written the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said to them, It is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and rise on the third day. This sort of reminds us of the story of uh, his appearance to Luke and Cleopas on the road to Emmaus. And what, what did he do? He opened the scriptures to them, explaining to them how the scriptures of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms were fulfilled in him. And he did it again in, in this instance. You know, it's not, it, it, it's hard for us, shall we say impossible for us, to understand the scriptures without the Lord's help. Unless he open our minds. And then, in that other passage, you'll remember, he stayed with them and he bro broke the bread and disappeared from their sight. What is that if it, if it is not the opening of the scriptures and the breaking of the bread? This is the divine liturgy. And here again, he opens the scriptures to them and then they go out and they look up and they watch him, they look up into the heavens for Jesus Christ. And this is what we do in the divine liturgy. We hear the scriptures and then we look to heaven for our Lord Jesus Christ. And we can experience him in a profound way in the divine liturgy. He went on to say that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. And I'd like to read to you something that St. Nikolai says about this phrase, beginning at Jerusalem. Why does he say 
beginning at Jerusalem. Because it was in Jerusalem that the great sacrifice was brought for the whole of mankind. And because it was there that the light of the resurrection shone over the tomb. But in a mysterious sense, if Jerusalem, Jerusalem represents the mind of man. Jerusalem represents the mind of man. Preaching the gospel beginning with the mind. It is clear that repentance and humility must begin in the understanding and thence spread to the whole inner man. Pride of mind cast Satan into hell. Satan's pride of mind cast him into hell. Pride of mind separated Adam and Eve from God. Pride of mind moved the Pharisees and scribes to kill the Lord. Pride of mind is the greatest breeding ground of sin to this day. And if a man's mind does not kneel before Christ, his knees will not bow. He who has begun, begun to calm his mind with repentance, the same has begun to heal his deepest wounds. I ask myself often, perhaps you ask yourself, why don't I understand this or that or whatever is going on in the, wor in the world? Why don't I understand the scriptures when I, re I read them? I read through the whole thing and then I, I draw a blank and say, what, what did I read? Well, maybe I need to be humble and repent and ask God to reveal it. <laughs> so... Repentance of the mind and humility puts us in a position to be enlightened by the Holy Spirit. Finally, he says, it says that he led them out as far as Bethany, lifted up his hands and blessed them. And as it came to pass, while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. I've often thought it would be interesting, well, kind of fun, to ask some Christians who are not of a liturgical persuasion, what did that look like? It says he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. What, what, did, what did he do? How, uh, what kind of motion did he make? What, what did that look like? Because for us, it's easy, isn't it? He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. I can't prove this, but do you know where I think we got this? I think we got it from And when we come to the divine liturgy and we're looking for the Lord Jesus Christ to have an encounter with the risen Lord, we see this and we hear the words, peace be to all. Who are those words? 
It says in the beginning of the gospel, peace be to all, peace be unto you. These are the words of Jesus Christ to us. And when we respond, we're responding to him and to your spirit. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things that are going on in this world today that I don't understand. A lot of things that are disappointing, that are shocking, it seems like the whole world is falling apart. We need something. We need somebody. We need an anchor. We need a pillar. It's here. It's right here in this place where we stand and listen to the Lord as we come to him with repentance and humility and he opens our mind to understand things that maybe we cannot even express in words, but we know in our heart that we understand and we look for him. We look for him in the heavens and he comes to meet us in his body and in his blood and he gives us the gift of eternal life. This is why we say today is the happy feast day in the day of ascension of our Lord and our ascension into the heavenlies with him.